Hey there, welcome back to a Grace Truth Bible Podcast. This is part four in our series on when did the mystery body of Christ uh, begin, right? The church, the body of Christ, when did that begin? And so we've already dealt with uh, the word church, how that is a general term. You can't go based off of when you first see the word church in the Bible and say, well, that's when the body of Christ began because the word church simply means uh, a called out assembly, uh, the nation of Israel meets that definition as well. That's why Stephen refers to them as the church in the wilderness. All right, that's very different than the body of Christ made up of Jew and Gentile in one body in Christ where there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. Uh, we also covered how that the church uh, began with Paul, right? That it was first given to Paul. And so this week we're going to talk about why it is important to know when the body uh, of Christ began, when the church began. Some people say, well, you know, it doesn't matter when it began as long as we know that it did begin. Uh, This isn't the case. You have to be able to identify in the scripture when the church, the body of Christ began, uh, because if you can't identify when it began, then you won't know where to find our pattern or our instructions for today, right? And you will be confused. You will take instructions from the scripture that were given to the nation of Israel or given to an individual that is not part of the body of Christ, and you might take them instructions for yourself, and you would be wrong to do so. Uh, So we're going to go over very many scriptures showing uh, some contradictions in the scripture. Uh, Many people say there are no contradictions in the Bible. Well, that's not true. There are contradictions. But the contradictions are there because they speak to a different time in history. Right? God revealed the scriptures progressively. They covered the beginning and the end. Okay? Things that are applicable in the beginning may not be applicable in the end because things change through time. And you have to have that understanding when you're reading the scripture. Right? We covered last week how the body of Christ, the mystery, was kept secret uh, since the world began until it was revealed to the Apostle Paul. So no one before Paul knew about this mystery, right? So how could they give instructions to people how they are to act, being members of the body of Christ, if they knew nothing of the mystery body of Christ? So again, that's just a very basic understanding, and we're going to show scripture uh, that shows this principle. If you would, turn in your Bible to Isaiah 2.4. Notice the words here. It says, And he shall judge among the nations, and shall rebuke many people, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. So here you have people beating swords into plowshares, and spears into pruning hooks. So they're taking these weapons of war and they're turning them into farm equipment because there is peace on the earth, okay? This is a prophecy of when the kingdom's here and when there is peace on the earth. It says, neither shall they learn war anymore. So they don't need the weapons because there will be no more war. Now turn to Joel 3.10. Joel chapter 3, verse 10. 
It says, beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. So here is a contradiction. In Isaiah 2, it said to beat your swords into plowshares. Here it says to beat your plowshares into swords. Okay, you cannot obey Isaiah 2, 4 and Joel 3, 10 at the same time. Okay, because they contradict. Again, you have to be able to identify what time in history these verses are talking to. Right, Isaiah was talking to a time of peace when the kingdom is here and there is no war. Joel 3 is a prophecy about a time of judgment when God uh, comes to judge the wicked and there is war here on earth. Right, You need those weapons to fight. Uh, so again, just a very simple uh, example that there are contradictions in your Bible because they speak of different times. Um, so they don't contradict at the same time, but they contradict because they're speaking of two different times in history. So I hope that makes sense. Uh, so again, this is important for you as a member of the body of Christ to be able to identify what instructions are to you, right? If you don't know when the church began in Scripture, then you don't know where to go in Scripture to find the instructions for you today. Right, so we're just going to look at this. Again, I say the body of Christ began with Paul. Uh, we go to his epistles alone to find our instructions uh, today. In 1 Timothy 2.4, we know that God's will is that all men would come to a knowledge of the truth and uh, be saved. Uh, of course, they're saved by faith in the gospel, but the question is, which gospel do we preach? Again, many people think there's one gospel in the Bible, and that's not the case. Gospel simply means good news. Uh, look at Mark 1, 14 through 15. It says, Now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. So Jesus comes preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and the gospel of the kingdom is that the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. This is good news to Israel, right? The kingdom is at hand. Repent and believe this good news. Okay, this is not the gospel that we preach today. Um, it's very clear if you go to Luke 18, verse 33 through 34. Let's actually start in verse 31. It says, Then he took unto him the twelve and said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. For he shall be delivered unto the Gentiles, and shall be mocked, and spitefully entreated, and spit it on. And they shall scourge him, and put him to death. And the third day he shall rise again. And they understood none of these things, and this saying was hid from them. Neither knew they the things which are spoken. So these are the twelve uh, disciples that Jesus is telling I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to be delivered to the Gentiles, right, the Romans. I'm going to be scourged and put to death. And the third day I will rise again. And says they understood none of these things. Well, the gospel we preach today is Christ's death and resurrection. And if the 12 disciples did not understand that, what gospel were they preaching in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Right? It was not the gospel of the grace of God that we preach today but the gospel of the kingdom, 
right? The Messiah is here. The Christ is here. The kingdom is at hand. Repent and believe this good news that the kingdom is at hand, right? That is the gospel that they were preaching. It's very clear they did not understand Christ's death and resurrection. Therefore, they could not be preaching uh, the gospel that Paul preached in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Uh, if you turn to 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, Paul says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. Paul says, The gospel I preached unto you is that Christ died for your sins, he was buried, and he rose again the third day. That is the gospel that Paul preached. That is the gospel that the twelve disciples did not understand in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So it's very clear that they preached a different gospel. Okay, therefore, as a member of the body of Christ, saved by the gospel of grace, right, faith in Christ's finished work, I'm not going to find my pattern in a book that doesn't know the gospel that I was saved by. Okay? Um, let's look at some more uh, differences in the scripture. Uh, go to Matthew 5, 17 through 20. says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. So here Jesus is saying you have to keep the law, right? You have to keep and teach it. And if you don't, you're not going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. If you go to Matthew 23... Verse 1 through 3, it says, Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. But do not after their works, for they say and do not. So the scribes and Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. And of course they taught the law if they sat in Moses' seat. And he tells them to observe all that they tell them to observe. Right. Whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. Jesus teaches his disciples that they need to keep the law. Okay, He says don't be hypocritical like the Pharisees because they say but they don't do it. He says you need to do it. So he commands his disciples keep the law. Now if you go to Romans 6, 14... says, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. Hmm. I'm not under the law, I'm under grace. So why would I do and observe what someone would tell me to do that sat in Moses' seat? Right, they're going to teach me to do the law. 
I'm not under the law. I don't have to keep the law. Uh, also look at Galatians 3, verse 22 through 26. It says, but the scripture have concluded all under sin that the promise by faith that Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto faith, which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. For you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. So here, the same thing, right? We're not under the schoolmaster. The law is a schoolmaster and we're not under that schoolmaster. Because we are children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Uh, go to 1 Timothy 1, verse 8 through 9. Paul says, But we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men-stillers, for liars, for perjured persons, if there be any other that is contrary to sound doctrine. All right, so the law is good if it's used lawfully, right, if it's used to show someone that they are a sinner. Okay, but it's not good to put a saved man under the law because we're not under the law. We're under grace. We're not under the schoolmaster. We're children of God by faith. So again, Paul or Jesus, right? And again, you have to have understanding. Jesus gave this message to Paul, right? It's a further revelation. What Jesus taught during his earthly ministry was to Israel, confirming the promises made to their fathers, preaching the kingdom at hand, right? Preaching their new covenant. It's very different than the dispensation of grace, very different than the mystery, uh, the body of Christ, and the teachings that we are under, okay? Two different ministries, right? God had changed what he had, was doing. He was dealing with Israel, uh, with their covenants, with the kingdom, but he changed that and is now dealing with this body of Christ, uh, and the mystery in this dispensation of grace. Uh, let's look at a few more here. Uh, go to Genesis 1, verse 29. What about your diet, what you eat? In Genesis 1, 29, it says, God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed, to you it shall be for meat. So if you take your instructions from Genesis 1.29, all you can eat is herbs, vegetables, and fruits. Now turn over to Genesis 9, verse 1 through 4. It says, And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth. And upon every fowl of the air, upon all that moveth upon the earth, and upon all the fishes of the sea, into your hand are they delivered. Every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you, even as the green herb have I given you all things. But flesh with the life thereof, which is the blood thereof, shall ye not eat. So this instruction is very different than the instruction we just read in Genesis 1.29. Right? In Genesis 1.29, you can only eat vegetables and fruit. Here in Genesis 9, you can eat vegetables and fruit, but you can also eat uh, anything that liveth and moveth, right, shall be meat for you. It says in verse 3, every moving thing that liveth 
shall be meat for you, even as the green herb have I given you all things. So very different instructions to Adam than there was to Noah. So again, you have to have that dispensational understanding. Things progress. Things change. Now go to Deuteronomy 14. And you can read Deuteronomy 14, 1 through 21. But in this chapter, look at verse 3. It says, Thou shalt not eat any abominable thing. These are the beasts which ye shall eat, the ox, the sheep, the goat, the hart, the roebuck. So he gives this list of things that they can eat. Uh, things on the earth, uh, things in the water, things that fly, the fowl of the air. He gives them the clean animals that they can eat. Uh, in verse 21, it says, You shall not eat of anything that dieth of itself. Thou shalt give it unto the stranger that is in thy gates, that he may eat it. So in other words, if it died and you didn't kill it, you can't eat it. Um, so again, they give a list of things that you can and things that you cannot eat here in this chapter. So again, this is very different than the instructions given to Noah. The instruction given to Noah was every moving thing that lives, you can eat. Here, it's, well, you can eat these certain animals, but you can't eat these certain animals. So there's restrictions now, and of course, this is the law. Go to Matthew 3, 4. You see John the Baptist keeping the law. It says, In the same John had his raiment of camel's hair and a leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat was locust and wild honey. The reason his meat was locust and wild honey was because under the law, that was what he could eat. Right? It wasn't necessarily because that was all he had to eat. It's because as a Jew, under the law, he could only eat the clean animals, one of those being locust. Right? So in the wilderness, the clean animal he could eat was locusts. That's why he's eating that. Now if you go to 1 Timothy 4, verse 4 through 5, it says, For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. So Paul says every creature of God is good. Nothing's to be refused if it's received with thanksgiving. So he says every creature. That sounds much like what God instructed Noah, right? You can eat every moving thing that liveth. In Romans 14, 14, Paul says, I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Paul says, I'm persuaded that there is nothing unclean of itself. He said, I'm persuaded by the Lord Jesus because the Lord Jesus gave Paul this revelation of the mystery that we're not under the law, but under grace. We're no, law, no longer under those law commandments of diet restrictions, right? We can eat any animal as long as we give thanks to God, right? It's not unclean of itself, Paul says. So again, just instructions about your diet. There's many different contradicting instructions about your diet. You have to know which one is to you in this dispensation. Right, and again, understanding we're in the dispensation of grace. We are members of the body of Christ today. We find our instruction in Paul's apostles, uh, Paul's epistles. Therefore, our instruction is we can eat of any creature as long as we give thanks to God for it. Right? Uh, every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused. Uh, let's see here. Let's go to Matthew 6, verse 14 through 15. What about your forgiveness? 
Matthew 6, 14 through 15, it says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. So here, you have to forgive to get forgiveness. Very clear. If you go to Ephesians 4.32... says, and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. So here, you forgive because you are forgiven. Very different. Matthew 6 says, forgive to get forgiveness. Ephesians 4.32 says, forgive because you have forgiveness. Okay, again, the cross changed everything. Matthew 6 is before the cross, right? It's before our gospel can even be preached. So naturally, instructions are going to change based off events that changed in history, right? And of course, God is orchestrating all this. Um, he is in control, no doubt. Let's look at... Let me find a good one here. Uh, let's go to Matthew 5, 8. Actually, let's go to Mark 16. I think I wrote down the uh, wrong verse here. Go to Mark 16. Verse 18, not Mark 16, 8, but Mark 16, 18. Of course, this is the so-called Great Commission, but it says, uh, start in verse 15. And he said unto them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Most people stop there. But if you keep reading, it says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So here it says, whoever believes this gospel that the twelve are preaching will have the ability to lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So of course this is the gift of healing. You can read about it during the earthly ministry of Jesus. Uh, you can read about it in the Acts of the Apostles. Right, they had signs there. Uh, one of those signs was the gift of healing. But that gift eventually went away. Okay, That power to heal left because these gifts of healing had to do with the kingdom. Okay, No sick person would go into the kingdom of God. Right, They would be healed before they went in. Uh, Paul was given this gift of healing uh, to show the signs of an apostle. Uh, he says that in his epistles. Uh, but Paul eventually lost that gift because it's not needed in this dispensation of grace. Right? What is needed in this dispensation of grace is spiritual understanding. Right? Your spiritual heart needs to be renewed, not your physical body. Because you can get a healing, you're still going to die. 
right? Your soul is what needs salvation, not your body. So let's turn to 1 Timothy 5.23. First Timothy 5.23, Paul tells Timothy, Drink no longer water, but use a little wine for thy stomach's sake and thine often infirmities. So Paul is instructing Timothy to drink some wine for his sicknesses. Well, why couldn't Paul just heal Timothy? Or why couldn't Timothy heal himself? It's because this gift of healing had ceased. Also, you can see this if you look at 2 Timothy 4.20. He says, Erastus abode at Corinth, but Trophimus have I left at Miletum sick. So Trophimus is sick. Why didn't Paul heal him? That's because this gift of healing had ceased. Um, you can go to Ephesians 4 verse 30. Philippians 2, 25 through 27. Sorry, I'm looking at a different verse for a different point. Uh, for here, it's Philippians 2, 25 through 27. It said, Yet I suppose it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger and he that ministered to my wants. For he longed after you all and was full of heaviness because that ye had heard that he had been sick. For indeed he was sick nigh to death, but God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. So you see here that Epaphroditus was sick and near unto death. Again, why didn't Paul just heal him? Well, it's because that gift of healing had ceased because of the dispensational change. So again, these are just a few examples. I have many more here written down, but for sake of time, I'm not going to go through him. Uh, but again, you have to know when the body of Christ began so that you know where to find the instructions that are for you today in this dispensation. Yes, all the Bible is needed. It should all be studied. It should all be understood. It's all profitable. But not everything in the scripture is for you to uh, do today, right? It's not all instructions for us today. Again, it's a progressive revelation. You have to know where you fit in that timeline. Uh, this is, again, very basic understanding. I don't know any Christian today that offers sacrifices of animals. Well, it's instructed in the Bible to give uh, animal sacrifices, right? You go read the law, go read Deuteronomy, uh, Leviticus, right? It explains all that, instructs that. But we know that that ceased with the sacrifice uh, that Christ gave on the cross, right? Because animals cannot take away our sins, it took Christ's blood to do that. So again, progressive revelation. We have that understanding now. We are no longer under those instructions given in Leviticus. So again, you have to have that uh, dispensational understanding to know what is for you. So again, this is why it matters. This is why it is important to know and identify when the body of Christ began in Scripture. 
And again, Paul is our apostle. Uh, we find our pattern from him. He says in Romans eleven thirteen that he is the apostle to the Gentiles. Of course, we are Gentiles. He says in uh, 1 Corinthians eleven one to follow him as he followed Christ. Um, we saw last week how that Paul was given the mystery. Right, you got Romans sixteen twenty five, uh, Ephesians three one through five, Colossians one twenty five through twenty seven are very clear passages showing that this mystery, this dispensation of grace, was given to Paul. Right, it was kept secret since the foundation of the world, and it was revealed to uh, the apostle Paul. Right, and so that's what we preach. We preach Christ according to the mystery. We no longer know Him according to the flesh. And you can read about that in 2 Corinthians 5, 16. So this concludes our short series on when the mystery body of Christ began, right? When the church, the mystery body of Christ began. I hope that this has been a help to you to see that it began with the Apostle Paul, right? That we find our instruction in his epistles. Um, and I hope that you can see why that matters and why that is important because it is. Uh, not understanding this is, I believe, the cause for much confusion in the realm of Christianity. Right? This is why we have all the many dispensation, uh, not dispensations, denominations, and why they disagree on many points because they take what they practice from different places in the Scripture not understanding when the body of Christ began. Uh, so again, I hope that was a help to you. Next week, we will probably start a series on uh, the gospel and the different gospels in the Bible. So hopefully you will tune in to that series. Thank you and God bless.